Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of the early line is live right here on SportsGrid on this Thursday morning. I'm Calvin Walsh, joined by Donnie Rideside. Yesterday in Hot or Not, we discussed whether or not we needed to be separating the records broken in an 18-game season versus the 17-game season. Maybe we go back and separate some other records when the season was shorter. But all in all, Donnie, the records are going to be the records, and Cooper Cup has a chance at becoming the single-season receiving yards king. He actually could also break the receptions record. That seems to be a little less interesting to people. I'm not all too sure why. It almost feels like they'll go hand in hand, but that is less of the point right now because there is a weekly special on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Cooper Cup to have 135 or more receiving yards, a.k.a. break the single season receiving yards record, paying out at plus 175. I'm going to look at this game and I'm going to say to myself, typically we'd look at that, Kevin, and say plus 175 is a fair price. When you're going for a record, there's usually extra targets that are thrown in. I understand that here. But Cooper Cup has had a sensational year overall, Kevin, right? So we take a look at each and every game routinely. Like a bad game for him is like 85 yards, which is ridiculous in the NFL. That is a sensational game for 99% of the people around the league. But when I take a look at this weekly special, you do have to factor in, Kevin, 135-plus yards. Can he get it? Absolutely but he's only done it three times this year. Like he has over 1,800 yards receiving and has only done that 135 number three times here. And one of those, Kevin, was a number of 136. So it's not as if he gets this every other game. It's like, hey, you're going to break the touchdown record. Just needs to get to two touchdowns. Well, he scored two touchdowns five or six times this year. So he hasn't done it all that much. And I do think this will be a competitive game that he's going to play in. I'm actually going to fade this, Kevin, and go with the under 135. Is there a legitimate chance that you see Cooper Cup on a 67-yard touchdown pass in the first half and on his way to getting this? Yes, he does. But if I'm just going to stick with the numbers out here, I'm going to go under the 135. And he might end up, Kevin, seven catches for a buck 10 and two scores, which is a phenomenal game for a wide receiver. But he doesn't get that 135. I'm going under here on this one. I'm just not sure, Nani, if we're getting enough value when you mentioned the, yes. that he's only been able to do it three times up until this point, right? That plus 175 uh, suggests that he's done it a little bit more frequently. Now, as Donnie mentioned, listen, he has had 95 or more yards in all but one of his games this year. I mean, he, he's been the model of consistency overall, but 135 is a lot. And I think one of the issues that, you know, Cooper Cup runs into, Donnie, although I've been trying to navigate this, like they're they need they're playing a top three most important game in week 18 against the San Francisco 49ers, probably second only to the game between the Raiders and the Chargers, which obviously was able to grab Sunday 
night football there. So they can't just force it to Cooper Cup for fun to break records. But on the other side of that, Donnie, that's also kind of what Stafford does when he needs to be in control. So in that respect, I understand it. Maybe plus 250 we can start to talk. I'm just not sure that number's right. Yeah, it's a little bit high for me. It is. And but starting this football game, if the end of the day I told you that 12 catches for a buck 55 and a score, that sounds about right for Cooper Cup. And he needed the 135. But also keep in mind as well, you're right. This game means something for both of these teams. So it is a playoff game, which you can't just say, hey, Let's get you this record, Kevin, over the first quarter and a half, and we'll sit on the bench. That's not going to be the case here. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But if he does get that hot start, Kevin, watch out. He should be able to get it. No doubt. Radio audience is in full effect. Appreciate all those tuning into the early line on this Thursday morning on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside right here with you. Talking about some weekly specials, talking about some history makers. Now, this next one is – I love this one. I really, really do. So Cooper Cup, of course, will be somewhat the star of that game between the Rams and the Niners. The Colts and the Jags will play. And the talk, of course, will be Jonathan Taylor. But, Donnie, what if somehow, some way, either Trevor Lawrence or Carson Wentz would have 300 or more passing yards? Your payout, Donnie, would then be plus 200. How do we feel? Yeah, so here's me reading this as I go down the list. Oh, this is an interesting one here. Trevor Lawrence or Car- and, and forget the or Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz <laughs> to combine for 300 passing yards at 200. I'm thinking to myself, going, hmm, it's going to be a close one here. Uh, Wentz maybe a buck 30 because they're going to handle the football for a lot. Maybe the game's a blowout, so Trevor Lawrence picks up some yards. Trevor Lawrence or Wentz to have 300 yards. This would be one of those games that you could send to Canton, Kevin, if one of these guys throws for 300 yards. Where is this in the back, the back slack? chat should i say where i say boy i'm looking forward to this game because trevor lawrence is going to break out against the colts defense or boy when the colts need it most they're going to throw the ball 50 times with carson wentz in this game against the jacksonville jaguars i don't see it here it's a hilarious one that pops up because maybe you could intrigue me at 10 to 1 or 15 to 1 but at 2 to 1 no 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 i'm not biting on this one Fanduel. You go through, Donnie, these two quarterbacks and their seasons. And Carson Wentz was able to do this twice. Trevor Lawrence was able to do this twice, which puts us at four out of the 32 opportunities (laughs) they were able to take this down. I'm not so sure. I I need them to post the minus 250. Neither guy throws for 300 yards passing and then lay the juice up the units and just make it the absolute play of the century here. I just also Wentz has no chance. Like it's Trevor Lawrence or bust in that market. Come right back. The early line continues here Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on... Has arrived, Rick Caro, sports grid, sports <laughs> business analyst, the sports professor himself on a Thursday morning. Rick, how are you? Wow, 
I'm good. You're coming in polite and hot. I, I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of one-liners, as you expect, but I, I can't bestow those on you yet. We'll wait until maybe mm -hmm. middle of the segment. Yeah, we'll see how things play out here, Rick. We'll keep things kind uh, for now. Uh, listen, I'll tell you, there are two parties that aren't keeping things quite kind, though, right now. The Bucks, Antonio Brown. A lot of questions uh, around this, Rick. AB a releasing statements saying they tried to force him into the game. Injured, potentially, this could, you know, be kind of handled in court, I, I guess. What's the breakdown, Rick, from your side here on what's going on between the Bucks and AB? Only Antonio Brown can put out, and I'm sure this happened in real time, and I can predict this. So he goes to his PR people and say, draft me a statement. Then he gets a statement. He says, no, 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 I want to do it. So I read the full statement, and it like, took me 10 minutes. Put me to sleep. took me 10 minutes. It is a long rant. <laughs> and so only a, a, he can turn a PR firm's uh, help into a, a long rant. But, look, he says some things that everybody kind of, says remember north dallas 40 a lot of the uh the playmakers all of those movies that are you know anti-nfl but he's got guts because he does say at the end uh you know i'm ready for next year i assume he thinks that the next team's going to pick him up but that, there's got to be enough of this that's enough of that and uh i'm i don't think this thing will be a successful quote-unquote court suit uh there's an assumption of risk here i mean he knew what he was getting and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that position. It's just his credibility has always been on the line. And there are people who apparently say, yeah, there it is. Look at that. <laughs> there are apparently people who say uh, that he's got a kind heart and he's a teammate. I'm not sure if he's a teammate. He's done some things uh, all over the NFL that people uh, question. But, uh, you know, to borrow a uh, line from Belichick, uh, Tampa Bay is moving on to whoever they play in the playoffs. It always comes down to money, Rick. And as they say, there will be lawyers, and they will probably be the big winners in this one. Let's talk about some more money here, Rick. The Super Bowl coming to the state of California. Boy, it would have been nice to cash in on all this sports betting drama out here, but California doesn't have it approved yet. Any updates of what we're looking at there, Rick, in California for sports betting, hopefully coming in the near future? Yeah, I'll answer that question really quickly. But one other preface, your comment about lawyers, as I've said before, the world does not have too many lawyers. The more lawyers, the better. Everybody out there, listen to me. Hire a lawyer. Uh, all right. Uh, be nice to your dog. Uh, twirl your cat around and hire a lawyer. Those are those are the three steps for success. As far as California is concerned, I predict and it's not a hard prediction. They will have normal sports betting by the end of this year. There are three very well-funded processes for three ballot initiatives, one going through the Indian gaming community, another one driven by FanDuel DraftKings, and another one driven by citizens that just want to make sure that there's infrastructure money uh, specifically dedicated, homeless, mental health. Everybody's already spending the money, by the way. And when you spend the money, it's just a matter of time before the legislature figures it, figures it out. Uh, New York, you know, scratching its head, why couldn't we get this done before this year's Super Bowl? And California, especially this year's Super Bowl, then Final Four, you realize that February, March are bonanza for the betting industry. Uh, neither one of them get their complete acts together, but by the end of the year, they will. So, Rick, the interesting thing, though, is maybe L.A. will be off the hook because maybe they won't host this Super Bowl COVID, obviously, still a, a big part of our lives here. And some questions about whether or not the Super Bowl could be moved to 
Dallas and Jerry World if certain things fall through? I mean, logistically, how does that work? And how possible is it, Rick, that the Super Bowl could be shifted to Dallas? Here's the important point. Not where the Super Bowl is, but where are we going to be? All right, so the sports grid posse, well, go out to L.A., okay? We sit there, and we just kind of hope the game catches up to us. If not, then we'll all watch it on a, like, small TV at a Ramada Inn or something. Uh, This, uh, look, it's five weeks away. Uh, The NFL has logistics people that do nothing but plan, 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 plan. The fact that they reached out to me is nothing more than pretty good planning by the NFL uh, remember the last time the Super Bowl was in Dallas? You remember that? They had a historical ice storm, the first time since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And so uh, we're not in a rush to move anything out of L.A., but let's remember the uh, us hope. The Omicron virus is now uh, reducing in intensity in South Africa. We are five or six weeks, maybe less, uh, uh, behind that. And so we're five weeks away from the Super Bowl. A lot can happen between now and then. I just think it's good preparation. Now, if you ask me in two weeks and we're still thinking about that, it becomes a different story. Speaking of games and moving them around and preparation and getting ready for a season, Major League Baseball here, Rick, in a lockout currently right now. So anticipated you know, deadlines, you know, pressure burst pipes here. Maybe they get something done in March. Let's just say some of those games are moved around, but also on the table. So many things, Rick. We're talking about like the ghost runner on second base, you know, to start extra innings. We talk about the seven inning doubleheaders and also the biggest one here. As a handicapper, as a fan of the game, I cannot wait until the DH comes into both leagues what are some of the things that are going on in major league baseball can we possibly get a deal without losing games and maybe some of those additives of changing some of the rules in the game coming up on the 2022 season yes no yes yes (laughs) next i got him i got i got them all answered you just got to figure out which yes corresponds to which question you know the fact that there's been not a lot of conversation over the holidays it's not a bad thing because nobody does anything over the holidays. And the leverage point, pressure, bursting pipes, it's a good answer. But which pipes respond to which pressure? You know, being in Florida and being in Arizona, I've talked to a lot of the economic development folks in both states, and they're a little nervous that the baby's being thrown out with the bathwater relative to Cactus League and Grapefruit League. You know, if all eyes are on opening day, end of March, then the spring training games, which are amazingly important for each state, they may be sacrificed. And, you know, so far, no substantive conversations have happened. I will say that a league that generates $10, $12 billion a year that's lucky to have survived COVID and people are just now remembering what it's like to go to crowded baseball games, you can't take this again. And if it happens again, there's too much to lose. So I can't predict when it's going to uh, be resolved. But I I will confidently say that both parties are going to get back together and start talking again. Personalities will give way to substance and they'll get a deal done. Now, when? Uh, Don't know yet. Rick, quickly, before we let you get out of here, you know, you sent us over some of the key notes there. The Ohio State Utah Rose Bowl delivers big time New Year's Day. The college football playoff once again on New Year's Eve tanks their ratings. Simply, Rick, how they can't do this again, right? Like, they certainly can't just go out there and tank their ratings again in a couple of years, right? Well, let's look at the Roman calendar, and I don't have one now, uh, but I don't know when the next Saturday, New Year's Eve is. 
and Friday, New Year's Eve, you know, they made the conscious decision. They could have played it on New Year's Day, blown out all of the other New Year's Day six games, put them earlier, and the NFL predominates clearly. So that is important. I think it had a lot to do with that day, everybody planning, and I think it had a lot more to do with, uh, you know, the two semifinal matchups. And by the way, this is mean. But no more conversation about non-power fives for a while. Let's forget that for, you know, a few years. I I do think that uh, we will have uh, 12 teams eventually. And maybe the power five, non-power five, get in that way. Uh, And, uh, you know, Colorado School of Mines wants to get up to the first group. Maybe they'll be in the playoffs, too. So, look, it's a good issue to talk about. And as we get down to the end of my segment, because I know I'm being counted down, I just want to tell you that I love you guys immensely, give you guys a hard time, oh, and sometimes you beautiful. deserve it, but this is the best right. in my life. You've resuscitated me, and I love you guys a lot. How does that sound? Does that sound good? He knows he's right. seeing us in purpose beautiful. here, Kev. He knows. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Hey, Rick, why use those lawyer skills? Got us a couple extra dollars. Man. Let's, see how, let's see how to put that all to work here, my man. Come right back. We got it, man. <laughs> all right. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on some leftover weekly the voice is going to keep cracking listen folks it was a raucous crowd there at the prudential center uh at the end of the day though we've got some weekly specials i want to hit donnie now i have to say i was not under the impression that they would ever be able to find a one-two punch for the both teams to score a touchdown in each half that i would say "Mm, i don't know i'm certainly thinking about it but donnie i'll ask you both the washington football team and the New York Giants to score a touchdown in each half. Payouts plus 350. I mean, that's where I take the, 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 the little pause there. And I say to myself, I look at this and I want every bit of this. I want to bet this. I want that pain. But I don't want to be out of it here at the half, which I feel like I possibly would be here. So when I look at this and it says both the Washington football team and the Giants to score a touchdown in each half. How about if they change this from a plus 350 for a for-the-people wager that says, hey, if either one of these teams score a touchdown at any time during this football game, you get the plus 350 because that's how it feels right there. Like, think about this. Like, each one to score a touchdown. These are NFL teams. You're supposed to do that in your sleep. Like, oh, they got one, seven to seven at the half, ten to seven. That's a low-scoring game, but at least you would have moved the football. But you look at here and say to yourself, Taylor Heineke and Jake Fromm are the two starting quarterbacks in a meaningless Week 18 game with some weather conditions, cold weather, wind, and some precipitation. This is a tough one to see. Now, 350 is a ridiculous price for this. Just if it's any other week and two decent starting quarterbacks, you'd be saying sign me up for this one. But the simple fact that it's these two teams and who struggles with this one? Both of them probably struggle with this. But from a perspective of the Giants, wouldn't it take a minor miracle, at least it seems like, where maybe they need a punt return, a pick six, a fumble recovery, a block punt to get this year. I actually would be surprised if this number comes in. But again, they're giving you plus 350. It's not plus 100. But I have to say no to this one right off the bat, Kevin, just because of the Giants. Where are we getting our offense from? How are we scoring at least two touchdowns in this game? Oh, boy. 
So this bet has not existed very many times. It existed, uh, I think, three times prior. And Donnie, this bet cashed with the New York Jets getting a yes. pick six touchdown. This Correct. bet cashed with Tim Boyle leading the way. The only way this bet didn't cash was where they put out Ian Book, who went to a great college, one of the best college football mm -hmm. programs really in the country. Not enough people say it. But uh, all in all, not an NFL quarterback. Now, Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm, whatever it is, it stinks out loud. But, Donnie, it, this bet hits too consistently to not get a piece of it at plus 350. Mm. It, you just have to because it can find a way, Donnie. It can. Yeah. That's how this works. It finds a way. And by the way, you know it would have hit in that Saints-Dolphins game. Because it actually technically didn't lose. Because they took it down once Ian Book was in the deal, Donnie. So in a way, yeah. this bet hits at a 100% rate in my eyes. Which means that you have to get involved there at a plus 350 price. Now there's a couple of others that I want to ask you about here. There's some history markers. Uh, TJ Watt to have multiple sacks and Najee Harris to have 100 rush yards there. The Najee 100 rush yards, certainly it could be the trip up point. But I actually want to ask you about uh, a weekly special that involves Sunday Night Football. And then maybe even talk about if there are certain games, Donnie, that you're hoping to see match specials in here. Uh, we've got Herbert and Carr to combine for six passing touchdowns. This last week was a number uh, or rather a market provided to us on Dak and Kyler. And we got the five touchdown passes, the losing quarterback throwing the three touchdown passes. You really would have loved to see uh, that bet get home. It had certainly had a little bit of life to it, Donnie. But a plus 600 number, season on the line for both teams, six passing touchdowns, six to one. Any juice? It does have a little bit of juice here. And the reason I'm going to say that is it looks like you're getting weapons back and ready to go. The Chargers finally got back on the horse here after a terrible performance against Houston. Last week was very good. And you're going to have everybody, looks like, outside of any COVID casualties here, you're going to get Eckler in the backfield, Herbert under center, all your wide receivers, and you should be ready to go. And at the same time, Las Vegas here, not a great offense on the you know second half of the season per se. But you can say also, hey, Waller's coming back. That's going to open things up for our offense here. Because you're looking at this game overall also, Kevin, 48.5 to 49.5, as we see now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. That means we're anticipating 50 points in this game. There's a legitimate chance that both of these quarterbacks can throw two touchdowns, which puts you in the ballpark to get those mm -hmm. six passing touchdowns. And the way it's priced, they're kind of nice, right? You get like a plus 100 for every touchdown pass thrown here. So if you can get the six, a six to one price isn't bad. I think you'll be in the ballpark, Kevin, of this one. And also, just to get it in here, that's part of the goal of the bet itself. The end of the game, two touchdown passes for one guy, one for the other, and that's the way it ended up. That's fine. But if you get one of those, Kevin, three touchdown passes in the first half, you're going to be live in this ballgame, and we're not worried about week 18, one team settling here, one team getting injured, one team not playing, or you're playing in the Northeast with bad weather conditions. You are in a dome in Las Vegas, anticipated scoring here. I think you have a decent shot here. Six to one, Kevin, not a bad price for this one. I also, though, again, FanDuel Sportsbook, how about uh, 10 bucks back for uh, every touchdown pass thrown by the two quarterbacks there? You know, you lessen the deal a little bit. Now now we're now we're cooking with grease. I like that idea. It's not bad. Now, Donnie, I wanted to ask you again if there were any games that maybe you're kind of lining up here, hoping we're going to see match specials, because I already know the game that I want. And I've said this countless times every time we've talked about it. And look, this is either going to go really, really well or really, really bad, but it's the Eagles-Cowboys game. 
I, I just think this is going to be an absolute shootout. Now, when Dak Prescott hands it to Pollard and Zeke 40 times, I'm going to lose my mind because it'll be entirely Dallas's fault. But also, Donnie, uh, no Parsons for the Cowboys there. E- lessen the pressure a little bit there on Gardner Minshew, who's going to keep firing. Uh, I mean, you talk about 504s, passing touchdown in each half for, for all of these guys. I, I just think we are looking at a game that should be lined up, rip-ready, and uh, really rolling here between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And the reason that I want match specials in this one so badly is that total of 43, we might get some big bomb numbers. No, you certainly can get some big bomb numbers, and that's what we're looking forward to. You're trying to match, set up some of these weekly specials here, match specials. Let's take a look at maybe a cross, you know, game one here. Let's take a look at Cooper Cup breaking the record here for wide receivers, obviously getting over the 135 yards, but also matching that up with Jonathan Taylor going over 2,000 yards. Now, obviously, that is a long shot, but you can price that as if it's a long shot to have some fun with, hey, Throw that ten or twenty dollars down and have a return of you know one hundred and fifty to two hundred or three hundred dollars back on it. That could be a fun one because both guys chasing history. As we said, you get a big start. It's legitimate that both of those guys can hit those milestones. Number two. Now here's one that I'm going to be very selfish with. I'm going to include KW with this or uh, him with this as well. Mm-hmm. FanDuel Sportsbook. Hear me out on this one. We don't know who's playing this Sunday in the Tennessee Titans game, but there was a guy activated yesterday that says, "Hey." If he wants to get a little bit of run in this game on Sunday, we might be able to let him have this. How about a weekly special and odds boost on this game here? Derrick Henry to score a touchdown and put that bad boy up at plus 300 or higher because if he's playing, that's going to be alive. And as we like to say, for the people out here, we can hit a mm-hmm. double down, Kevin, as we are sitting here at the FanDuel Sportsbook on an over-rushing prop touchdown number of 10.5 for Derrick Henry, which he needs one more to get. So why not double the juice and double the fun and put it out there? Anytime touchdown, Derrick Henry, mm. week 18, plus 300 or higher for the people. That is very for the people. Also, yeah, boost the uh, Grand Salami, and I'll bet it this week. All right? Ooh, the most total man. points on Sunday, boost it, and I'll bet it. All right? That's all you need to do. And, and we're on there. You want to just, like, that's similar, for the people. It's, that's yeah. what it's all about. We're trying to do what we can here. Now, uh, transitioning, Donnie, over to the college basketball landscape and setting some mm-hmm. people up here for some Thursday preview, some of the bigger games on the board. I wanted to make one quick note. The odds right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the Big Ten regular season has shifted a little bit here. As we saw the recent loss for the Purdue Boilermakers uh, dropping that game to Wisconsin and Johnny Davis and his 37-point performance on the road, Illinois has moved to the favorite here at a plus 260 price. Right now, you just look at the you know Big Ten standings. There's just three unbeaten teams left, Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan State. The interesting thing, though, Donnie, and again, things can change here, but the AP Top 25 right now, Illinois is the team that is not ranked, yet favorite here at a plus 260. Just using some of the numbers, Donnie, that you're typically looking at here. Any surprise to see Illinois priced at that number? No, it's early. It, it is really early. And sometimes you take a look and say, well, hold on here. You know, Illinois is a plus 260. I'm looking at Michigan State at a plus 410. They're 4-0 here in the conference. Why don't I just ride them out? Well, it's a product of your environment, who you play, and where you're going to play them down the stretch. You know, case in point here, Purdue is at a plus 390. And you slide it down and be like, wait, they're 1-2 and two on the season. I can't. Why are they in second place here to win the Big Ten? Because we have a long way to go in this college basketball season. But nothing really points out here. One of those teams that can get hot, you know, looking at maybe the Iowa Hawkeyes, their price that 
16 to 1 in elite offense. Maybe you get some COVID outbreaks or some injuries up the line. That's the way I'll be looking early because I'm not necessarily going to say, hey, I think Illinois is the best team. I'm going to take them at 260. That's not the right train of thought here. You want value. So some of those teams moving up the ladder as they come along. But the one that certainly points out is we think Purdue's probably the most talented team overall in the conference. Them sitting at a 390 is not indicative of them basically being in what, like seventh or eighth place in the conference at a one and two pro, one and two clip here in the conference. Yeah. I will say the one thing as well with the Big Ten, and we'll preview a couple of games in the conference coming up in our next segment here. A lot of guys involved in this Wooden Award. Right now, Ben Caro's actually moved to the favorite at plus 750. Timmy's 8-1, to one, and Ajabaji of Kansas is your third choice there at plus 850. But that's the same number as Johnny Davis of Wisconsin. EJ Liddell, plus 950 of Ohio State. He's in action tonight. Kofi Coburn, 12-1. to one. Keegan Murray, 18-1. to one. Trace Jackson Davis, 20-1. to Jaden Ivey, 23-1. to one. I mean, Donnie, you, you have this top 11 here almost 50% of the way filled up with the Big Ten. And it's interesting to me because it feels like we are really on our way to another year of the Big Ten with a lot of praise and a lot of teams inside the tournament. And we know how that played out last time. And we'll see how maybe it could play out this go around here. A quick break on the early line. We come back, college basketball and NBA preview. Who you want to play? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, let's bring you some of the Thursday action. Started off with college basketball landscape here. As uh, the Big Ten has given us a couple of good games here, Donnie. Ohio State and Indiana will be playing. Indiana at home, the favorite. We talk about this a lot, those classic unranked favorites. Though yesterday, Alabama got the job done by double digits against the Florida Gators. Perhaps, Donnie, value on the Buckeyes had a little plus price here against the Hoosiers. Yeah, we'll take a look at that game tonight. And again, we're starting to get into conference play. Some of these teams with a few games under the belt, particularly in the Big Ten here. Most of these guys have three games, so we're looking at that fourth game tonight. If we take a look at Ohio State versus Indiana, the one thing that always sticks out to me is defense early in the season. Indiana has a pretty good one. A little bit of background here on Ohio State. How about this? Back-to-back road wins in the Big Ten here. But over Penn State and Nebraska, how elite? Not necessarily, but there's still wins in conference on the road. Those are going to add up. If we take a look at Indiana in this one, 9-0 and at home, including back-to-back Big Ten losses, however, on the road. So let's take a look here and what makes sense in this game overall. Indiana on the season, and pretty soon we're going to be able to just look at conference statistics, but since we only have three games, it doesn't make sense just to use that small sample size, so we'll use it for the entire season, at least for a few more weeks here. Indiana top 10, excuse me, top 15 in the country at deficiency or added uh, efficiency on defense here. Let's take a look at what they do well here, Kevin. Just about everything. Defending from the three-point line, top 15 in the country. But here's what I love in the Big Ten. Usually not one of those leagues, Kevin, where you rain down three-pointers and you play a wide-open style. It's more like Big Ten football, right? Hand in the dirt, get grunge, you know, down low, box out, a lot of fouls, hard fouls, and we get that. But how about this? Number one in the nation is Indiana, Kevin, at defending inside of the arc, and that should play out well here. Take a look at Ohio State's defense. Decent here. Top 55 in the country. Effective field goal percentage. Top 45. They're okay. 
say. So when you take a look at this game overall, you think Ohio State is the better overall basketball team. But this early in the season, I'm going to lean on the home team here, Kevin, and also lean on the defense for Indiana. I'll take them tonight with that short price here of minus two. I'll go with the Hoosiers here. Look, it's a great matchup between EJ Liddell and Trace Jackson Davis. One thing I really want to see is how they will list both of these guys' points prop. This is a big enough game. I expect points props uh, and props in general for this basketball game tonight. EJ Liddell, we just talked about in our last segment, the odds to win the National Player of the Year. Liddell was actually the favorite on Tuesday. I think it was. Uh, it was after the Johnny Davis performance. I remember uh, going through it a little bit uh, with BSS there. And I'm wondering, you know, it, did EJ Liddell really sour himself just by, you know, that 10 points, 2 of 14 performance uh, against Nebraska? Still a win, but 2 of 14 is obviously pretty ugly. The game prior had scored 28 points. Liddell, even if it's the road, maybe looking to bounce back. Those will be interesting numbers to follow here. And again, another guy, Donnie, talk about that race. Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, big game, Wisconsin, Iowa here. Expectation is for tons of points. And again, we talk, you know, early line reading here. That's a short number, it feels like, Wisconsin, Donnie, at home. Maybe suggest the Hawkeyes are live in the basketball game. Yeah, what a contrast of styles here, Kevin, right? You have Iowa, who's really up-tempo, and then you have Wisconsin, who likes to slow it down. But as you see there in the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin, listed here as a total of 146 in a Wisconsin game. feels like they're always priced in that 120s range, you know, 121 all the way up to 129 because they want to slow it down. But as we said, that's not what Iowa does here. Let's take a look at the tempos, as we said. Iowa fast, Wisconsin slow. But getting into some of the teams itself here, one and two on the road this year for Iowa. And if we take a look at Wisconsin, six and one at home. But the reason why we just brought up the statistics here on the FanDuel Sportsbook of who can and who probably can't win the conference, I was always intriguing to me because the ultimate equalizer to a team that doesn't play all that great defense in Iowa, if you play with tempo and you have an elite offense, you always have a look here. Take a look at the adjusted efficiency here in college basketball on the season as a whole. Number three in the country here for Iowa. And also, when you have a team that's that efficient and you're able to knock down shots and more you know, three-pointers, two-pointers, wherever it comes from, not turning the basketball over. How about this one, Kevin? Number one in the country at not turning the ball over for Iowa. So if we're taking a look at tempo, not a lot of turnovers. That means a lot of quality shots. You have a chance to beat anybody at any time. Now, also, how about this one for an interesting matchup this early in the season? Over 350 basketball teams, Kevin, here in the country. You know who's number one at not turning the basketball over? Iowa. Guess who number two is? Right behind them, the Wisconsin Badgers. So we're probably looking at a clean game. So when you take a look at those totals that seem a little bit high for Wisconsin, if neither team is turning the basketball over, that means, you know, you don't get the fast breaks going the opposite direction. I get it. But Wisconsin's really not a fast break team. But you also don't get the dead ball turnovers, which stall out your totals. How many times do you see coming down the court here a charge with like, you know, two seconds on the shot clock here? You don't get to run the opposite direction on a 3-2 breakout. You start and the defense already has a chance to get back and set up. So if we're looking at one team that goes fast, they're going to try to push the pace. What you want to have happen here, if you're looking for a total, Kevin, I would have the lead. Why? Because you'll force Wisconsin to speed their offense up. The one thing you don't win in a total game is Wisconsin slowing the basketball game down in the second half, let's just say with a five or a 10 point lead. I think we get points in this game because both teams don't turn it over. As I said, Iowa is elite on offense. I think they can push the tempo here. Let's see a Wisconsin game actually get over the total. Let's do it. Mm. 
That would be nice to see. And again, I think that would involve yeah. Johnny Davis quite a bit, right? DRS Ooh. coming off of that 37 point performance against Purdue, chipped in 14 rebounds in his effort. He's been great in their start to Big Ten play 23 against Indiana, 24 against Ohio State. But again, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit here about Keegan Murray, who gave Maryland. 35 like the Keegan Murray is actually averaging more points per game early season here than Johnny Davis and I I firmly believe that when you get players like this they can buy into the matchups now in college basketball you know it's not as much of a one-man show I be where in the NBA that maybe can buy into that a little bit here a head-to-head matchup of LeBron versus Durant but Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis know that they're standing across from the guy that they're battling for Big Ten player of the year. That stuff matters. And again, really two great games tonight there to watch in Big Ten play. The NBA, of course, Donnie, will also be featured uh, throughout the day. Four games on this slate. And we talked about the struggling Boston Celtics. Well, they're on the second leg of the back-to-back. And I almost wonder if for Boston this is a good thing here because they need that you know, fresh memory, Donnie. They couldn't, they need to go quick and try and, you know, balance out what we saw last night. But I have to tell you, I look at this line right now. The Celtics are getting a lot of respect here at Madison Square Garden. Early thoughts as we look at the Knicks seas. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny about that. You see that right there at the FanDuel Sports where the Celtics are a minus one here. That does give them a lot of respect. And if we're just reading into lines, Kevin, I think we could both agree this is a Boston Celtics mm-hmm. line. Now, when I take a look at my three-point props here, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, come on, guys. I mean, it costed me money here, left and right, it seems like. But the one thing that you usually could put in your back pocket is the possibility of a Julius Randle double-double, maybe a Knicks win here. But you're talking about two teams here, Kevin, that – not necessarily being high on at this point in the season. Thought the Knicks would have a better season. Thought the Celtics would have a better season. But sometimes those ebbs and flows in the NBA, if you're looking at the Knicks, can you just fault a sports better here for saying, no, hold on here. Neither one of these teams is lighting it on fire. They played last night being the Boston Celtics. I'll just lean on the New York Knicks, and I can't fault you for that. But being the oddsman, as we like to say, looking at the line where the Celtics are a one-point favorite after that effort last night, I don't know what was said in the room. I said, this can't happen again. We have to end this right now. And we're going to go out and take on New York City and dominate at Madison Square Garden. Maybe so. But the one thing you can anticipate here is what are you going to get out of Jalen Brown and also Jason Tatum? I don't know if maybe both of these guys, Kevin, get 26 points apiece in this game and the Celtics look good. But it sounds like a lot more of, hey, I'm going to keep the ball for myself and I'm going to go off being Jason Tatum, which leaves, you know, Jalen Brown for 19 points or vice versa here. This team has to get on the same page sooner than later. But looking at the line overall, that tells me Celtics here. Look, you know, it's it's very funny to me, Donnie. You mentioned that total, first of all, 210. They played the opening game of the year, 138-134, double overtime, but it was mm. well on its way. And there was another meeting between these uh, teams on December the 18th, and it was a final score of 114-107 in Boston's direction there. So that total of 210, I think of Boston, as you're kind of talking about, right? If this team's supposed to right the ship, it's probably with a nice offensive night, a lot of three-point shots made here overall. But the Knicks feel like they're falling into a situation. We talked yesterday about Iowa State. Iowa State was that two-and-a-half-point favorite against Texas Tech. Now, they closed a little bit bigger than that, but we were breaking it down early morning. We said, man, you might just still be getting value on here, even if that line reads the other direction. Maybe they're not respecting 
Iowa State. And Iowa State won that basketball game by, I think, four points, so they would have covered an early two-and-a-half line. Donnie, you and I were looking at the Knicks and the Pacers game that happened earlier in this week, and the Knicks were laying three-and-a-half points at home to Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington Jr., and that just did not feel right at all. And what do you know? The Knicks go out there, win a basketball game, by 10, and it's not like the Pacers were getting a bunch of respect on lines, hosted the Brooklyn Nets, and ultimately closes almost a double-digit dog in their own building here. I think we're seeing the Knicks right now be disrespected, undervalued, however you want to phrase it on these lines here. I agree. That is a Boston Celtics line. I disagree that it should be a Boston Celtics line. The Knicks piqued my interest here early morning. Now, the late game, Donnie, is going to be Suns Clippers in terms of kind of, you know, where the uh, the big games on television will be. But I wanted to quickly bring up Golden State and New Orleans here, DRS, because this is the, this is kind of the early line special. Jumping in and try, like where you're trying to read, okay, who is actually playing? Who is available for these teams? The Golden State Warriors on the second leg of a back-to-back make a trip to New Orleans. Three and a half is a number lower than what Golden State laid in Dallas. Golden State, Don, with only eight losses this year, is the kind of team that I think people will look to back off of a loss. But I look at this number and I say, Steph Curry's not making the trip to New Orleans, is he? Yeah, it looks like that way because uh, yesterday watching the game, the two interesting things is Luka Doncic went down late in that game, twisted his ankle here. We'll see how that you know turns out over the next couple of days. But the one thing also seen for the Golden State Warriors was Steph Curry sort of tweaking that knee and in between timeouts trying to like you know cut and run and stretch it out. He looks like he's going to get the night off because take a look at the preliminary starting lineup tonight, Kevin, for the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Poole, Gary Payton the second, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. So obviously he's not anticipated playing tonight. Let's see where that line actually ends up because if he was playing, that line is going to be you know north of seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half points. But now we see the three and a half, which we're anticipating him not playing. I wonder if it sinks a little bit lower, but how low can it go? Being it's not. Golden State is going in to play the Philadelphia 76ers. Golden State is going to play the New Orleans Pelicans at this time. And maybe you do get extra value now on the Golden State Warriors. Because keep in mind also, when big-time players miss games, like you saw Giannis last night miss a game, they end up losing that thing. But Giannis is playing well, right? Every night, 25, 26, 27, double-double machine and dominating. Steph Curry hasn't been all that great over the past couple games. So how much value are you actually losing by sitting him down? And maybe somebody else can step up like an Andrew Wiggins or a Jordan Poole in this game and knock down some three-point shots. It'll be interesting once we get the in-play sports tonight, Kevin, to see where this line actually ended up. And look, the Pelicans are still a pretty – Bad basketball team, 13 and 25 overall, losers of three in a row, four of their last five. Although, Donnie, Bucks, Jazz, Suns, Warriors, four-game run here for the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, who who made this schedule? What NFL schedule Mm -hmm. maker got involved here Mm -hmm. for the New Orleans Pelicans? I will say, Steph has missed two games this year. Once they won in Detroit, uh, and then another time they were blown out by the Toronto Raptors. It's the first time that Draymond plays without Steph Curry. So Donnie's right. There could be still some value in trusting Draymond and the Golden State Warriors on a short price against the New Orleans Pelicans. Break here on the early line. Up next, Donnie, right side. We'll close out this Thursday morning. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, segment of the day on the early line. Right here on the SportsGrid Network XM Channel 159, both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Wall setting the table from 7-9 before we hand it off to Ben Stevens and the morning after, but there is a big topic today, and it deals with the saga of Antonio Brown. So people, listen up. All right, the entertainment business here never stops with the NFL. Why? Because we have players like Antonio Brown still in the league, but giving us Food for thought each and every day. If it wasn't enough at the end of his Pittsburgh Steelers tenure, throwing a football at Big Ben Roethlisberger, walking off the field, then showing up in the final game of the season in a fur coat but standing on the sidelines, which sent him out to play for the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders, where that didn't even work out so much as to last for one summer before he was let go, then heading over to the New England Patriots, who is quickly kicked out of New England, and then heading down to Tampa Bay, where it looks like it was going to be a match made in heaven with Tom Brady again, who he now is lost in New York. And why we say that? If you just check the Instagram account for Antonio Brown here, just put out a new single here on Instagram, and it has a background here, as I'm looking at right now, Home Alone 2, and the song Pit, Not the Palace, also overnight, a Thank you, an apology, it's not my fault type letter coming out from Antonio Brown saying it wasn't his fault with what happened, and they forced him on the field for an injury, and then even more news coming out today where it looks like he's turning his back now on Tom Brady and Tom Brady's personal trainer, making friends along the way here for Antonio Brown. The one thing we cannot deny is his talent here, and we know in the NFL, seeming like no matter what you do, as long as you are talented, you will get another opportunity. Just as of last night, saying to myself, there's no way Antonio Brown is ever going to play another down in the NFL with the way he's acting now. But something leads me to believe that if Josh Gordon, again, can get 15 chances and still be back in the NFL, why not Antonio Brown? Who says no? Maybe he is a Las Vegas Raider once again next year. But the one thing we do know is Ben Stevens in the morning after coming up next over the next three hours. K-Dubs on the show. Support the grid. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.